Welcome to The How of Business with your host, Henry Lopez, the podcast that helps you start, run, and grow your small business. And now, here is your host. This is Henry Lopez. Welcome to this episode of The How of Business. My guest today is Danielle Hayden. Danielle, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm excited for this conversation. So am I. This is a, this is a topic I've been talking about quite a bit lately on the show because it's such a big one. You know, Danielle, as you and I were chatting before we started recording, I, I just see this as such a common and big challenge for most small business owners. In my experience, successful business owners know their numbers, their financial numbers. They have a plan for launching and growing their business. But many small business owners ignore their finances, whether it's because they don't know what, what to know about them, you know, what, what the truth is about them, or I hear a lot, quote, I, uh, we just aren't good with the numbers. I'm just not a numbers person, unquote. Yeah. You know, that's a common one, right? Yeah, yes. At the, and at the end of the year, what would they do is they scramble to get their books ready for their CPA to create the, and file the tax returns, and, and then that's it. We ignore it again until the next year. Instead, what we need and what Danielle is going to share some, some guidance on is a financial plan, as I'm calling it, or, or goals with specific and measurable goals that we can attain. We have to use our financial data to help us make better decisions as we grow our small businesses. And so again, Danielle Hayden helps her clients do just that. And she's here today to share her entrepreneur story, how she got to where she is today. And then we're going to dive into some practical tips and advice on how to help you take control of your finances and in turn your business. To receive more information about the How of Business, including links to the show notes page, or to schedule a free coaching consultation with me, just text the word biz, B-I-Z, to 772-837-5700, or visit thehowofbusiness.com. So let me tell you a little bit more about Danielle. Danielle Hayden is a CPA, an author, and the co-founder of Kickstart Accounting Incorporated. And as she explains, Danielle is a trans, a reformed rather corporate CFO who is on a mission to help entrepreneurs understand their numbers so they can gain the confidence needed to create sustainable profits. After spending 10 plus years in the boardroom as a corporate finance officer, Danielle is now in her sweet spot, as she says, as the co-owner of Kickstart Accounting Incorporated, where she helps business owners with bookkeeping, financial analysis, and education and as the author, and she's also the author, rather, of Profit Planner book series. Danielle lives in the Cleveland, Ohio area. So once again, Danielle Hayden, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. And, and go Browns for, for anyone who's a, a, a football fan. Is that right? The Browns yeah, fan. Oh, well, <laughs> a lot of suffering there, but a great, always a lot of great teams there in history. It is. It's fun. We got the draft coming to town this week. So yeah, right. Everybody's hopeful now, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I worked back in, this is back in the eighties. I worked with a, a, um, a person, a woman who was from Cleveland. And so that was back during, you know, the Bernie Kozar. Oh, and yeah. Who was the big running back, big guy. Uh, was it Biner? I can't remember his name now. Anyway, you know where they got right short. They lost that one playoff game, and everybody thought they, they're going to the Super Bowl for sure. Oh, it was such a heartbreak. I remember. Oh, we're, but we're used to we're used to heartbreak here. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's still fun, though. It is fun. Of course, it's fun. 
All right. Well, let's get into it. I, I'm curious as to your journey. And, and so share with me briefly your career, the story of your career early on, like after college leading up to starting Kickstart. Tell me about that briefly. Yeah. So, um, you know, interesting. I actually, um, I think like a lot of entrepreneurs, I had a very zigzag way of getting here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually was working as a hairstylist. So I went to cosmetology school in high school and I was working at the hair salon and I loved everything numbers. Uh, so if you ask uh-huh. anybody I worked with, they, they, they were not surprised when I told them I became an accountant. Uh, I loved setting the commission goals and how many clients we needed to see, to see, to hit our, to hit my goal and then to hit our goal as a salon. And I was really, really into all the numbers. So I started going to school because I wanted to own my own salon. I was going to business school and I fell in love with accounting. I know that sounds crazy, but I was actually um, doing an internship working down at the Cleveland Indians and, um, and, and that's the baseball stadium for anybody who's not familiar. So um, I'm working down there and I fall in love with accounting. Hmm. I end up um, you know, changing my major and, um, and leaving the hair salon and pursuing this career. I uh, worked at Ernst & Young and then slowly and slowly, what I realized is it's not necessarily the debits and the credits that I like, right? It's not, it, it's not the auditing. It's not the tax piece. What I really loved was the business strategy and using the numbers to build strategy to grow business, right? So come full circle. I started to, I started working in, we call it um, in, in the industry is um, you know, private accounting. So I started working for medium-sized businesses as their CFO, helping them Again, use the number to make business decisions. So I was giving giving the CEO, the board of directors, the investors, all this information and watching them use the, like really use it. Like I watched them stop entire product lines, change the way we paid commissions, change the way we partnered with vendors and make all these really beautiful business decisions on the information that I was giving them. And then I realized every single entrepreneur needs this. And I realized that my passion and my mission in this world is to transform entrepreneurship. Uh, so I started the business. So full circle, I, I wanted, I went to school to start a business and started a different one. <laughs> right. But I, I love it. I, I'm, I'm back in this sweet spot, um, not just using the numbers in my own business, but then helping every single business owner do the same thing. Um, and, and, and it's so much fun. I, I get to wake up every day and I just feel like I'm on this mission, um, to really transform entrepreneurship because I want every single one of us, not I'm, I'm saying us because I am, I am, um, with you as a business owner, we need to stop thinking about our bookkeeping as something we do at the end of the year to file our taxes. We need to think about our taxes are just something, one other tool, one other thing that we get to do with our bookkeeping and we get to do with our numbers. I want you to stop being surprised at the end of the year and live the entire year with empowerment. Love it. Boy, a lot there. This is <laughs> definitely a very different and unique journey. You know, I, I, one of my businesses that I sold about six year ago, years ago is we owned two uh, suite salon businesses. So salon suites, suite salon, whatever you want to say it. 
you're familiar with that concept, right? Where mm-hmm. you, yeah, you as absolutely. an individual stylist, instead of having to open your own salon, you, you lease a suite somewhere. So very familiar with that type of small business owner. And what I found, and I'm generalizing, which you touched on, is that mostly these people, mostly women, but not all, are obviously tapped into their creative side. And often they're one of the worst examples of not knowing their numbers, right? In fact, I think it's almost like they've, uh, I'm interested in your thoughts here, they've bought into, oh, I'm just not good at numbers, right? So, I, so I've surrendered all even thought that I might someday even be able to understand my financial numbers. And I see that as a common thing. Did you see that when you were certainly as a stylist and with other business owners as well? Oh, absolutely. I mean, yes, when I worked as a stylist, I would watch the people who I was working with all say, nah, I'm not even looking at my check. Yeah, it's not even it's fine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, uh, we'll just see what's left over at the end of the month. And, and that determines whether I'm doing okay or not. Uh, but, but the other thing is then you, it seems like you, not seems, you learned early on that the numbers, if you understood the numbers, they could, they were the tool that you could use to plan the growth of your business. And then, and often the numbers, they don't lie unless we lie about the numbers, that that's how you could figure out, all right, I need, if I want this much more, I need this many more clients. Maybe I need to raise my prices on these services because it's taking me these many hours to deliver it. You figured that out pretty early on, it sounds like. Oh yeah. And I really use that information to, to really soar my, my trajectory forward. Right. So because I understood, you know, just continuing on with this example, I understood that if I hit my numbers at the salon, uh, we had a sliding scale commission. So I knew if I did X amount of haircuts, X amount of um, color, right. I, I could hit this other commission structure and I could make more money. Um, but you know, we could do that over and over again, right? As, as business owners, we can say, all right, if I charge X dollars, if I watch my profit margins, if I understand where I'm making money, if I understand where I'm spending money, I can really put a, a pin on my goal. Mm-hmm. And that means I'm, I'm able to work smarter, not harder, and then be able to uh, take the profits you want back home uh, from your business so that you're hitting your business and your personal goals. So again, just being able to focus on those numbers and then that being able to draw you into that goal. Yeah, brilliant. And I'm going to come back to that point. But before I move there, how do you balance now, though, you, you must have been and still are a creative person. How do you still get that fulfillment from what, you know, others might think, oh, accounting, that's as far away from creativity as possible. What am I missing there? You know, I um, love doing this. I love teaching other people. And I think that's where I get my creative energy. Um, For me, uh, there is nothing more empowering and more fun than jumping on a call with a client or, or working with a client and watching them go from unorganized, confused, scared, alone, frustrated, and being able to partner with that client and show them that they're able to come into the space of, of my organization and not be judged. They're safe. 
we've got them, we're going to help them through the process, right? So they, they now feel this sense of comfort. I always like to say like a warm mama bear hug, right? So now they have this sense of comfort that they're not alone in this financial journey anymore. And then we get to watch them afterwards. And then we, we watch people become empowered mm. and confident their growth feels possible. And, and I can hear the tone and their voice change. I hear the conversation change. And that is where I get all of my creative juices is just empowering other people and watching that transformation. Yeah. You're having that impact. And I I think that I thought that's what you were going to say is what I, I find in business is that that problem solving. And so being challenged with every, every client slightly unique, even though they might have the same kind of problem, but, but that challenge of solving a problem, I think that it takes creativity to, to, to solve those problems. Yes, it does. Yeah. All right. So uh, you launched Kickstart Accounting in 2015. When you think back, or that was the first business that you owned, obviously you were somewhat independent, but you never did open your salon. Is that right? I did not. No, I never opened the salon. Um, so this was my first uh, actual entrepreneurial journey. On yeah. My own. So when you think back about it, what, what were some of the surprises that, you know, you just, despite all of the planning and education, you look back and say, wow, that was a surprise. Uh, the need to be nimble and mm. um, take constructive feedback from people, your family, um, the, the business mentors, your team, and, and taking all of that together so that you can learn from it. When we started the business, we actually planned on being a CFO outsourcing firm. So we oh, wanted to work with bigger businesses on just CFO work, um, you know, cash planning, 13 cash forecast budgeting. And I, I had no idea that what the market and what the world really needed um, was smaller businesses. They needed all of those same services. So we still provide CFO work, but our, our, our mission is, is helping the solopreneur, the, the people who are, are hiring their first contractors. They're, they're just getting on payroll. They, they're hiring their first you know, 10 employees. That is where the market needed us. And that's where we've been able to really make an impact. But imagine if I wasn't able to see that. Imagine mm-hmm. if I wasn't able to be nimble and what the world needed. I, I, I don't know that we would be here today. Yeah. So, such a, an important point, such a great point. So I'm glad you shared that because that's exactly what we have to be as business owners, especially in the early years, because we have grandiose plans. We've planned it all out. We've done the forecasting. And then the reality of the market slaps us in the face and tells us, no, 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 we don't need that. We need something else you then have two choices. You can either be stubborn and continue to try to find that market that maybe isn't the right fit or like you did pivot or be nimble enough to adjust to what was available, what the market did need. And that's, that's brilliant. Danielle. So did you always aspire to be your own boss? You think looking back to early days in your life? I think I always wanted to lead and whatever that meant um, I, I had a calling for leading other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I knew that um, I really have a, a no BS <laughs> about my personality uh, that I think is really, really um, important in, in, in leadership. And so um, maybe I, I didn't know, you know, early on that I necessarily wanted to be an entrepreneur. However, you know, when I, 
when I left high school, when I left cosmetology school, I already aspired to be an entrepreneur. So in that way, I, I yes, that was early on, uh, early on enough in my yep. life, yep. but I wasn't, um, you know, I wasn't the kid selling them at the lemonade stand. However, uh, I am proud of myself. I did babysit until I was able to buy, buy my own car and mm-hmm. worked my butt off, which, um, you know, so maybe there was a little bit of entrepreneurial there, but, but it sounds like you early on had a, a more advanced understanding of this trading for value for money and how to get the most of it. It seems like that was something that was clearer to you than maybe your peers. Yes, absolutely. Yes. What does being a business owner do for you now? The leadership. I am so fortunate to have an amazing team with me. And that, that is what fuels me the most right now. Uh, I'm coming off of a a high uh, today. We had um, our weekly team meeting and I'm so inspired by the group of people that we have surrounded um, as a team in, in, in Kickstart. And so, um, you know, it's back to that leadership. It's being able mm-hmm. to lead the team who then in turn leads our clients, right? Um, I can't serve everybody. I can't work with every single one of our clients. And I, 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 that's another lesson I learned early on was bring on people who you know and you trust and you've trained and they can um, help you in your mission. And so now I feel fortunate that I can see the mission and I can help lead everybody else on, on that mission with me. Yeah, that's great stuff. You've, you've attracted and have surrounded yourself with the people who you respect and who you want to work with. And I think that that is such an important lesson for small business owners. I think that's one of the privileges that we get is that if we do it right, we get to work with people who, with whom we want to work. Yeah, yes, absolutely. All right, let's start diving into it some more than what, what I'm calling business financial planning for small businesses. I thought I'd start with this high uh, level question, uh, which is an easy one, but let's start by answering this question. Why do I, as a small business owner, need a financial plan or financial goals for my small business? Why is it important? If you are trying to get somewhere and you don't have any directions, you will always be lost. And I think that we've probably all seen that meme online, but it really is true. If you don't know where you're going in your business, you don't know where you're going. You're lost at sea. You need to have a plan. Uh, You need to be able to map it out. Um, We offer what we call a annual planning session in the corporate world is called budgeting. And we take this step back where we take some time out of the client's business and we say, what do we think, what do we want to have happen over the next 12 months? And then what other decisions can we make from it? And I'm not saying, you know, uh, go try to hit a million dollars in year one. Mm-hmm. That's great. I want you to have your big, hairy, audacious goals. That's great. But then I want, how do you get to your big, hairy, audacious goals? What's the plan? How, how can we get there in five years? Now, what's the annual plan? What marketing initiatives do we need to take in order to secure the sales? All right, now we've talked about sales, but now let's talk about the margins and the expenses. So mapping out every single, I don't, I don't want to sound too daunting, but planning, you know, taking a map of where you're going to make money and spend money so that you know when you're going awry and then you can say, all right, I'm going awry. Why? And is this okay? 
And yeah. it, can I, can I pivot? I think, I think one of the challenges I'd like to get your thoughts that we have is that for whatever reason, we arrive at this point in business ownership, thinking that the numbers are only about the past, that it's just about, tra- you know, recording those transactions again, primarily so that we can report it to the tax entities. And that's what the numbers are all about. And I don't yeah. even know how we got there, but that seems to me like what people really think about what, what accounting is about. I blame the IRS. <laughs> Good point. Let's blame them. That's I, bl- <laughs> I blame the IRS. Um, I'll take it out on them. So in all seriousness, though, I think that that, that is part of the problem, right? Um, we have this deadline. We have this thing that yeah. we have to do at the end of the year. Right. And because this, this filing, because this deadline requires us to pay the government uh, money, we, we kind of all retreat from it, right? Yeah, it, it, yeah. it adds like an extra mindset issue around it. Um, and it's that way with a lot of numbers. You know, I got I to submit my payroll taxes by a certain point. I have to submit my sales taxes if I'm collecting it by a certain point. And so I, I got to pay my bills. So it seems like the impression then that we get or the experience that we get is that the finances are all about these things, like you said, that we have to do by a certain time and that it's about things in the past that we're going to report to some government agency. Yes. And then we're going to be penalized for it. Right. If we don't do it right. Yeah. Right. So that yeah. adds a whole nother layer of fear to it that, oh my gosh, how am I, what if I get in trouble? What if I calculate it the wrong way? I love then, that's why I like that you use the term budgeting, because I think most of us have a level of understanding from our personal perspective as to what that means. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. And, and we can then use, you know, where his, being historical will benefit you is that you need historical to look into the future. You know, I, I, I do see. tell people that's Good the point. best way to plan a budget is look at what's already happened, right? Because we don't want to use somebody else's number or industry averages or what our neighbor or competitor or mentor is doing. We want to see what happened last year, what worked and what didn't work. And then how can we plan to use those lessons to plan for the future? This is Henry Lopez with a brief pause to this episode to let you know that one of our sponsors and one of my favorite podcasts, Stroke of Genius, is back for season four. Stroke of Genius season four explores the most pressing questions, fascinating stories, and often overlooked marvels that make up the world of intellectual property. From famous copyright cases to the unheard stories behind impactful inventions, each episode transports us to a different place within the landscape of human innovation. This season, they chat with entrepreneurs and innovators who have used intellectual property protections to positively affect issues like COVID-19, food deserts, and everything in between. Join the Stroke of Genius podcast as they dig deeper into the journeys of the world's most influential difference makers. Get more information at ipoef.org and subscribe to Stroke of Genius on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. All right, let me start to break it down some more. If I'm following you so far, obviously, and I'm with you, you got to set a goal that's longer term. It sounds like maybe you're thinking, you know, five year out, what's what's my five year plan? And then I work backwards from there to at least my current calendar year that I'm planning for current quarter. And I put together a budget. What, what period of time does this more detailed budget usually cover in your recommendation? 
So I would like to see a monthly uh, amount, like a monthly revenue and a monthly expense over a 12 month period. So it doesn't need to be January to January. It can be any month that you listen to this for the next 12 months. Um, and then from there, you can look at three years or five years, but you got to start with this 12 month period. And the reason for monthly is when we can, when we can do that exercise with clients, when we can go into the future. Now, when we send our clients their financial statements, we're sending them compared to budget. So mm -hmm. you as a business owner, um, you can take that that monthly budget that you set and you can compare it to your, your profit and loss statement. And you can see, okay, how well did I do compared to what I thought I would do? And so it keeps it really focused on a monthly basis. And, and I know that can feel overwhelming to some business owners, but it really allows you to make quick business decisions because then you can see, wow, I thought I was going to make, be making a huge profit and I'm not, or I mm -hmm. thought I was going to be taking a huge owner salary this year and I'm not, what do I need to change right now? Whereas if you wait till the end of the quarter or the end of the year, you've missed your opportunity. Yeah. So obviously I'm assuming then my PL or profit and loss statement will map to the same level of detail on this budget. Is it in a spreadsheet? Is that where you do it? The, the monthly budgeting? Correct. Yeah. yeah. So we take, um, we take the historical financials and then we'll map the future um, income and expenses to the accounts of the, the historical. So usually we do that in Excel uh, and then we upload it into QuickBooks. So the next step is, is loading it into QuickBooks so that it's a, a report that is easily available to you. Ah, so okay. Usually you the budgeting feature in, in QuickBooks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Part of the challenge I see, I imagine you have to, you must spend time up front is most people's chart of accounts is whatever came out of the box, right? I was just going <laughs> to At <go> best. <laughs> yes. So talk to me about that. What are, what are some of the best practices there and not without getting into account by account, but what are some of the things that you usually help people clean up there or organize differently so that it makes sense? Because I think that's part of the challenge. They look at that chart of accounts and they're like, I don't know what this means. I'll just put it in this uncategorized bucket and let my CPA take care of it later. Yeah. Um, you know, QuickBooks um, does not make this easy for entrepreneurs. No. No. They have a lot of canned accounts that don't make sense. My favorite is office expenses and software. <laughs> Well, which is it? Office right. expenses or software, right? Because you definitely want to break those two up, don't you? Right. And software, I want you to break down even further. I want you to have advertising software, mm. operation software. Yeah, you know, I want you to to think through where are you spending your money. Um, you know, this this is a huge issue. Um, usually, when we work with clients, the first step is to uh, we call it the review process. So we look at what they have in place today and we restructure things so it makes sense for your industry and you as a business owner. Um, I would say, you know, if you're doing this exercise on your own, take your profit and loss statement, export it into into an, an Excel file, and really, really stop and go go line by line and say what does this account mean to me, right? So another example is advertising and marketing. Well, maybe you have paid advertising and maybe you have a marketing software. Maybe you're hiring marketing consultants and maybe you have a few uh, different groups that you belong to. So now you can go in and create accounts and you can create accounts in, in QuickBooks. 
I want you to create those four accounts. So you don't have to use advertising and marketing. I want you to create those sub accounts because then when you go to plan for the future, you can say, all right, I was spending X dollars in paid marketing and this is the return I got. If it's all just dumped in advertising and marketing, yeah. you're not going to be able to plan for the future. So take that kind of step-by-step line and, and, and say, does this make sense to me? I need this to make sense to me as a business owner. I'm the one that has to use it. Yeah, I love that. And I, that's been my approach is to get more granular than not in the chart of accounts so that it, so that it helps you see those things. You know, one of the ways I've, I've used it, I'm sure you do as well, is if there's a problem area, a particular, ex, I'm talking about now from an expense perspective, an area where we've been spending too much money and I'm trying to monitor it now month to month, by, by creating a separate sub-account, it makes it a heck of a lot easier for at a glance to say, looks good or we need to look into that. And I don't have to even be the one that looks into it, but I can assign it to somebody and say, you know, why was this 50% more than last, last month? So it looks like we had the same problem, whatever that problem might be. Yeah. yeah. And, and if you have that same, that breakdown, you can see trends, right? So you can mm-hmm. see over time, how much money you were spending in that, that those accounts um, and did it work for you? Um, another really fun exercise that we do um, is percent of sales. And so there is a report in QuickBooks. Um, and if you have the, these categories, categorization set up correctly, you can run this report. And it's really fun to watch clients say, oh my gosh, I had no idea I was spending X percent of my gross income in operations subscriptions or wow, I am only taking X percent in officer salary, right? Or I am paying X percent to my team does that make sense, right? Does that leave me with enough margin um, to, to spend in, in other areas? And so this percent of, of gross sales is a really, really fun exercise. So think about it. If you have your chart of accounts and your profit and loss set, statement set up correctly, you can run these other types of reports to get better insight to help you uh, determine does this make sense for me and my business and my goals? Yeah, huge. And, and a, a couple of things I want to point out. So far, we're not talking about complex math. I'm terrible at math, okay? I, I mean, I, I just, so we're talking about simple percentages. First of all, we don't have to do the math. The, this, this computer system does it for us. So it's not about math. It's about having that data tell us what's going on in our business, right? Yeah. You, you nailed it. Yeah. The other thing is that now, especially with those percentages, what I find so valuable with that approach is that now I can begin to compare myself to the industry, myself to the industry and to other businesses, because that's, you know, people might not be willing to share specifics, but I can get, yeah, I spend about that percentage on utilities. Oh, well, we're spending twice that what's going on. Right. So I can start to do those comparison, those best practice comparisons that I'm sure you help people with that as well as much as possible. Yes, we do. So that's a that's a huge initiative for this year. Um, we're really trying to put out some best practices, like mm-hmm. guardrails for clients, um, and it could be by industry, and it could just be you know general. Um, you know, how much do you really want to be spending in in rent, or how much do you really want to be spending in you know your example utilities or um, subscriptions? So putting some healthy boundaries for clients because. You really don't know, and there's not a ton of benchmarking data out there's there not, for you. Yeah, there's not. 
So we're working on creating that um, for our clients so that they can have somewhere to refer to, to say, this feels healthy. And then, and, and then I, I, I want to put one caveat to that. If you go Google right now, um, industry average for you know, payroll mm-hmm. costs um, you know, in my industry, I, if you're above that or you're below that, I do not want you to make any major shifts in your business. <laughs> Don't panic. Right? Yes, please do not go hire people or because it it depends also on what your goals are for your business. So the industry average might not take into account that as a business owner, you want a lifestyle business. So maybe as a business owner, you're paying more people to help you manage your business because you want to be able to um, work less and travel more or spend time with your children or um train for a marathon, whatever it might be, um, you know, these industry calculations are not taking into, into consideration all of those other pieces. So you can use it as a benchmark and then say, why? Maybe I don't have enough staff members here and I'm working really hard. Like, oh, wow, I'm working 60 hours a week and I'm, I'm below what the industry is paying, paying people. Maybe it's time for me to consider getting help then you can put the, put the budget in place, right? Refer to your budget. Then can you afford to bring on additional people, right? So maybe you're not charging enough and you need to charge more, bring on more clients, and then you can, um, and then you could take that time and, and get back to um, a normal um, work shift as, as a business owner. So I just wanted to throw out that caveat because I don't want anyone making any harsh decisions. No, it's great. Not only is it a caveat, but we could end it there because that you're giving me exactly why, if I didn't need any more reason, why the financial numbers can help me answer all of those kind of questions, those key questions to my business and when and what can I do. That That's at the heart of it is what you just explained, I think. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. I'll give you another example of going back to you with the with the salon business. One of the things we were noticing is we were spending a lot of money on light bulbs, fluorescent lights, spots. We had a lot of lighting in the salon, right? This is an 8,000 square foot space. And we thought something's going on here. This is be as LEDs were coming into the market, they were a lot more expensive. So what we did is just as you recommended, we created a sub account under under uh, maintenance, I forget what it was, but we, we, for just lighting, just lighting. And we did that and tracked that for about six months or so. And now that gave us the data to decide, yes, it does make sense for these bulbs that we're replacing on a regular basis to go and spend on an LED bulb, which at the time might've been, I don't know, four times as much because I had the data to show that in the long run over a year, that'll save us money. And, And that's one way that we couple of things that we've talked about by getting granular in my PL, by matching that then to a budget, it helped me make that decision to save money going forward. Yeah, that's a great example. I'm so glad that you shared that. I mean, I, I don't want anyone to go crazy and putting, you know, um, too many um, different accounts in your, in your uh, QuickBooks file or your accounting software. But when you know, when you have ideas or thoughts or you know, follow, follow the numbers with curiosity, right? I, I'm, my word of the year is curious this year because mm. I want to be 
so curious about everything. So what in my numbers can I be really curious about, right? So maybe it is the lighting that you feel like you're spending a lot on. Maybe it's the subscriptions that you feel like you're spending a lot on, or you bought that fancy software because your competitor was using it. And, um, and you want to, you want to draw that out and see, let's track this over time. And does it make sense for me as a business owner? So just get super curious. You don't have to get curious about every single type of transaction, but get curious about what you feel like is, is outlying um, or might, might be an outlier and what you might want more information on um, or work with your current bookkeeper or work with your CPA, uh, you know, talk to them about what they see in your books. You know, that's one thing that, that we say all the time, like, we're, we're going to point out to you any issues, ideas, thoughts. So even use, use your team members, right? Use whoever your resources are, your mentors, your business coaches, um, you, you know, your, your bookkeepers, ask them for their ideas. Like, what do you see in my financials that I can get curious about? Yeah, good stuff. All right, let, let's go back to the process a little bit more and the whole budgeting process. I, you, when you start with a new client, how, how do you get started with that? I mean, I got to imagine the first step is to clean up the books and make sure everything is in there. But after you've done that, this budgeting process, tell me a little bit more about how that happens initially. Yeah. So you, you nailed it. We got to have the historicals um, in there first. So we do uh, maybe a catch up. So if you have nothing mm-hmm. in place right now, we right. go back in time, get it all caught up, get everything cleaned up, make sure the accounts make sense. Um, and then we, we, carve out time in everyone's schedule. And this is important because not enough of us are working on our business. And so we carve out time with our clients to say, turn off the email, turn off your phone, unless your kids call, <laughs> turn, <laughs> turn, turn everything off and let's get super hyper-focused and, and get really dialed in. And, and when we, uh, before we get started on that call, we send our cl- clients a set of, of questions and we call them food for thought. So it's um, techniques on how to set smart goals. It's asking them questions for them to get curious about where they want to go over the next year. And so we ask them to prepare that before they arrive to the call. And then once we get on that call, we review those questions together. And then we use that to pull out um, information from them. So first of all, why are we setting this budget, right? So is there a business decision that we're trying to make this year? thinking about starting a course. I'm thinking about opening up a second location. I'm thinking about hiring, thinking about paying myself more. Um, Just giving you some examples. So what, why, why are, why are we doing this? How, how can we make this event a success for you? And that's key because that's the whole thing we've been talking about. That's how now we're turning this into the numbers, helping us make those decisions and work towards accomplishing those goals. Yeah. Yeah. And then we start to plug in what we know, right? So we can um, plug in our average sales historically. We can plug in the expenses we know are coming, insurance, cell phone, current staff members, current, you know, anything that we did last year, we can say, all right, are we going to continue to do it this year? Why does it serve us? Does it continue to serve us? Enter, those, enter all of those expenses in, and then we start into the curiosity piece. What, do, what did we want to do, right? So maybe it was paying ourselves. I'm, I'm big on that right now. How do we get, our, get yourself paid more so that you're not a volunteer position in your business? So <laughs> um, you know, if the goal was to get you paid more, now that we have everything la- laid out, 
let's put in your goal salary. Where does that leave your profit and loss? Or maybe it's to hire other people. Let's put that in. What, is, what impact does that have on your profit and loss? And how do we feel about that, right? Are we comfortable with those numbers? And then um, once we're done with that, we say, yes, that's where I want to be for my profit. Or yes, I'm comfortable taking that loss because I'm going to pay people to really make a difference in my business this, this year. Or I'm investing in my advertising and rebuilding my website. And so I'm, I'm not going to take as much of a profit this year, but whatever it might be, right? Finding a comfort with those numbers, then we lock it in and we say, this is the goal, right? This is the mission we're on. Then we upload it into QuickBooks so that we can monitor the progress as we move forward. Okay. All right, great. A couple of quick fire questions here and then we'll, we'll start to wrap it up. You have a couple of habits that you help people develop that I'm curious about. Money Monday and Financial Friday. Tell me briefly what that is. So Financial Friday, um, every Friday you'll find me um, digging into my own, own finances, right? So that's, that's my time to, you know, my bookkeeper sends me my financials um, and I am taking that time out of my business to make sure that I am reviewing the numbers of what's working and what's not working and reflecting on my week. And so I, I really like to do this on, on a weekly basis. And the how much Monday, time are you blocking out there? Um, you know, I, I've gotten pretty quick at it. So uh, 45 minutes to an hour. So okay. I really get into it. So, you know, I like an hour, but I think if your bookkeeper sending you the information, you could probably spend 30 minutes on it or spend 30 minutes with them reviewing that information. Okay. Um, and then same thing on Mondays. I like to go in with a view of what's coming. So uh, we have a, a, a dashboard, a weekly dashboard that we use um, that, that lays out some, some key components. And we do this for a lot of our clients we send them this weekly Monday dashboard and it tells them exactly where they sit, right? Cash, who owes them money, who, who they owe money to, or their sales. And it allows clients to make business decisions this week. So when a shiny new, <laughs> new <laughs> exciting adventure comes about this week, you can make it with, you can make that decision with data. Yeah. I don't know. You know, my dashboard told me it wasn't a good idea. <laughs> you know, I, I love that from a marketing perspective because I find that's where people, small business owners, we have people walking in every day. If we have a brick and mortar offering you the next best thing for advertisers, you're like, oh, okay, we'll give that a try because you have no plan. And mm -hmm. so then you don't know where the money is going or if it's focused. Yeah. Or but I have a budget. No, no, no. I, I, I can't spend on that. I'll give me the information. I'll consider it for next time. But right now I've got a plan and a budget. Yes. I, I, yes, refer back to your budget. Um, we see a lot of um, our clients before they started working with us, they'll just look at their cash, right? Yes. So, yeah. you know, their bank sends them a text message every morning and they, they you know, if, if they're lucky um, or they're just logging <laughs> into their bank and, and looking at the cash balance. Well, what it did it include was you have a ton of contractor payments coming up or you have payroll or you have a giant credit card bill coming or, um, that line of credit that, or your loan, you know, whatever it is, those payments are coming mm -hmm. and you have to remember that they're coming and when. And so that weekly dashboard allows you to say, see that um, it's a tool into the future. Excellent. All right. We'll start to wrap it up here. We'll keep talking about this forever, but uh, <laughs> we've touched on it, but I would like you to summarize the services that you currently offer and then tell me more about uh, this boot camp that you have now online. 
Yeah. Uh, so we offer what I like to call financial management services for business owners. We help you with the bookkeeping, right? So getting you a strong foundation. Then we help you look at the numbers and we're your accounting department. We're your team. You're no longer alone in this, this data world. Uh, we become your team members to help you know your numbers, analyze the data, uh, and then create the budget, see into the future, um, and get prepared for tax season. So we're that partner throughout the entire year. So we do it through bookkeeping. Uh, we send you your financial statements, key performance indicators. I can go on and on and on. We have so many tools to arm you as, it, as the business owner. Do you, can I work with you if I have a bookkeeper already, maybe on staff or that I've outsourced or, or do I need to transfer my bookkeeping services to you as well? So if you have somebody internally, we will work with them to train them on how to uh, categorize the information correctly to make sure that it's set up um, in, in the right way. Um, usually if you have an outsourced bookkeeper, um, they're usually less flexible in, in letting us making sure that the data is correct. In order to see into the future, you have to have the history um, correct. But I, I won't say no, you know, we, you know, we could talk about it and explore the situation, but you have to have, you know, a lot of people will say, yeah, it's just bookkeeping. Right. It's not just bookkeeping. Got it. What goes in comes out. And so you need that really, really strong foundation. Fair enough. All right. So tell me about the, the five day boot camp. Yeah, so we just recently launched this five-day boot camp. You can grab it on the uh, on our website. Um, this boot camp is five days. You'll get a video email series where I will walk you through our top five strategies to get you organized. So it's like a mini. I like to call it a personal training session uh, where you can have that that support um, and, and have some additional information and tools and techniques that you can use in your business. And uh, go to the website to find out about that? Yes, you can come to ProfitPlannerBookkeeping.com. Wonderful. All right, I'm always looking for book recommendations. Is there a book that comes to mind that you would recommend? Built to Sell. It is a book that has transformed my business and my life. It's a quick read. It's a great on Audible. Built to Sell is my favorite book. Yeah, it's a great book. I had the privilege of interviewing John Warlow not long ago the author of Built to Sell, and it's one of my favorites. It's on, on my bookshelf of books that I reread, right? So, yes, me too. Thank you. Thank you for that recommendation. All right. What, what's one thing, Danielle, that uh, you want us to take away from this conversation about business financial planning or setting financial goals for my small business? What's one thing you want me to take away? I don't want you to be lost at sea. Um, you know, Owning a business is hard. Entrepreneurship is hard and it can be easier, right? Um, you know, get the help that you need, get, a, get the, the team of people around you um, so that you can uh, start setting those business goals so that you can see where you're going. And, you know, don't let uh, money mindset or uh, perfectionism, perfectionism paralysis stand in your way, uh, it's okay to be unorganized. It's okay to be afraid of seeing your numbers. It's, it's okay. Um, you're not alone in that. There's so many business owners who feel the exact same way. So don't let that be a barrier for you to get the help that you need so that you can grow bigger and better um, and, and fulfill your mission and, and your entrepreneurship journey. Yeah. Wonderful. All right. Where do you want us to go online again to find out more? 
Um, come check out the website, profitplannerbookkeeping.com. Um, you can find more about um, our book series there. Find the book, the boot camp. Um, come hang out with us on social media. It's Danielle Hayden underscore OH. Um, we have a huge um, push right now. I'm just putting out a ton of financial uh, analysis content. Uh, so you can come and really learn a lot from, from us. And um, I always joke, you can come see pictures of me and my golden retriever hiking <laughs> all the trails of Cleveland. <laughs> That's wonderful. All right. This has been a great conversation, really valuable, practical, practical advice on a topic that's so important for small business owners. Thanks for sharing and thanks for taking the time to be on the show today. Of course. Thanks for having me. This is great. This is Henry Lopez. And thanks for joining me on this episode of the How of Business. My guest today again was Daniel Hayden. We release new episodes every Monday morning. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and at our website, thehowofbusiness.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to The How of Business. For more information about our coaching programs, online courses, show notes pages, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofbusiness.com.